Welcome to this month's Healthy Living Champion update. My name is Judith Poulton and I am a community pharmacist and a Healthy Living Pharmacy Project Manager. Before we begin this podcast, please remember you and the team can watch the online training, download your certificate after completing your CPD questions and get access to useful resources by logging on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. This month's training is on cervical cancer. 2019 will mark the 10th anniversary of TV reality star Jade Goody's death at the age of 27 from cervical cancer. And recent figures, especially in women aged 25 to 29, indicate that the Jade Goody effect, that is, more women taking up their invitation to get screened, has ended. We hope this training will give you a better understanding of the role you and your team can play in educating your customers about the disease. Before we begin, I want to take this opportunity to remind you that you can pause the video at any point, and if you wish to go back to anything, simply rewind the video. In today's training, we're going to look at some facts about cervical cancer, what are the important signs and symptoms to look out for, discuss why cervical cancer screening is so important and some hints and tips to engage with your customers. We will also look at what resources are available for you to use to build your healthy living zone. Let's start by looking at what cervical cancer is. The cervix, or as it is sometimes called, the neck of the womb, is the cylinder-shaped neck of tissue that connects the vagina and the womb. Cervical cancer is when the cells in the lining of the cervix become abnormal and grow in an uncontrolled way. Cervical cancer normally starts in an area called the transformation zone. This is an area of changing cells and it is the most common place on the cervix for abnormal cells to develop. There are two main types of cervical cancer. Squamous cell cancer, which is the most common and is called after the flat cells that cover the cervix. And two, adenocarcinoma, which starts in the adenomatous cells that are found in the passageway between the cervix and the womb. You can also have a mixture of both types. More than 3,000 women in this country are diagnosed with cervical cancer annually and 890 women lose their lives to the disease every year which is equivalent to approximately three women dying a day. The 10-year survival rate is about 63%, but 99.8% of cases of cervical cancer are preventable. Around 5 million UK women are invited to cervical screening each year. However, attendance at this life-saving test is at a 20-year low, with one in four eligible women aged 25 to 64 currently not taking up their invitation for a smear test, rising to one in three among the 25 to 29-year-olds. Anything that increases your risk of getting a disease is called a risk factor. However, just because you have one or more of them does not mean you will definitely get cervical cancer. Let's now look at the risk factors. Human papilloma virus infection, more commonly shortened to HPV, is responsible for 99.7% of all cervical cancers. HPV is a group of viruses rather than a single virus, and there are over 100 different types. Most women will get some type of HPV infection at some points in their lives, 
and it is spread through sexual intercourse and other types of sexual activity, such as skin-to-skin contact in the genital area or the use of sex toys. Most types of HPV do not cause any noticeable symptoms, while others can cause genital warts, although these ones are not linked to an increased risk of cervical cancer. There are, however, about 15 types of HPV that have been associated with cervical cancer, with HPV-16 and HPV-18 being the two that are the highest risk, as they cause over 70% of cervical cancers. In most women, their immune system will clear the HPV infection within two years of being infected. However, sometimes this does not happen, and women who have long-lasting persistent infection with a high-risk HPV are at the highest risk of developing cervical cancer. Age. Cervical cancer is more common in younger women, with more than half of those diagnosed aged under 45. Smoking tobacco. This increases the risk of getting cervical cancer and that risk increases the younger the woman was when she started and the more she smokes. On average, a smoker is twice as likely to develop cervical cancer than a non-smoker. Smoking also makes it harder for the body to get rid of the HPV virus and makes it harder to treat any abnormal cells in the cervix. Sex. HPV can be spread through unprotected sex and using condoms can reduce the risk of getting it and passing it on. However, this won't protect people completely, as the virus is not just passed on through penetrative sex. There is also a higher risk of developing an HPV infection the earlier you become sexually active and the more partners you have, although women who have only one sexual partner can also develop cervical cancer. Other factors that might increase the risk of developing cervical cancer include having children at a younger age and giving birth to multiple children, having a mother, sister or daughter who has it. The reason is not clear, but it could be to do with a faulty gene or environmental factors, for example smoking. Taking the contraceptive pill for more than 10 years can slightly increase the risk, but normally the benefits of taking the pill outweigh the risks. And finally, having previous cancer of the vagina, vulva, kidney or urinary tract, which might be related to any previous radiotherapy treatment. The symptoms of cervical cancer are not always obvious, and it may in fact be symptom-free until it reaches an advanced stage, which is why it is so important to attend regular screening appointments. However, the symptoms you do need to look out for include unusual vaginal bleeding, this includes between periods or after or during sex, postmenopausal bleeding if not on HRT or who have stopped it for six weeks or more, pain or discomfort during sex, unusual or unpleasant vaginal discharge or pain in the lower back or pelvis. If the cancer spreads outside the cervix as it becomes more advanced, symptoms may include increased frequency of urination, blood in the urine, bleeding from the bottom, diarrhoea, lower limb lymphedema, that is swelling, incontinence or constipation. The aim of cervical screening, formerly known as a smear test, is to reduce the number of women who develop and die from cervical cancer. 
The NHS Cervical Screening Programme saves an estimated 5,000 lives each year in the UK and provides the best protection against cervical cancer. As mentioned earlier, the number of women getting screened is falling and is at its lowest rate for 20 years. In March 2019, Public Health England will for the first time be running a Be Clear on Cancer campaign to highlight the symptoms of cervical cancer and to encourage women to attend screening. Cervical screening is not a test for cancer, but actually is a test to check that there are no abnormal changes in the cells of the cervix and to treat any changes early to prevent cancer from developing. Although it is not 100% accurate and it can't prevent all cases, screening is still the best way to pick this up. HPV testing has now been added to the NHS cervical screening programme and if the sample taken shows low-grade or borderline cell abnormalities, it will automatically be tested for HPV. If HPV is found in the sample, the person will be sent for a coloscopy, which is a diagnostic procedure to examine an illuminated magnified view of the cervix for abnormal changes to the cells. If no HPV is found, then routine screening will be offered as normal. In 2019, primary HPV screening, that is where HPV screening is the first test performed on the sample, will become routine across the whole NHS cervical screening programme. And the sample will only be tested for abnormal cells if HPV is found. Women in England are invited for screening every three years between the ages of 25 and 49 and every five years between the ages of 50 and 64. Women over 64 are only invited if they have had recent irregular tests. Trans men who still have a cervix and who are still registered as female will also be included but trans men registered as male will need to let their surgery know they require testing. We are now going to see a short video about cervical cancer screening and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Cancer Research UK for allowing us to use it. I was on my way to cervical screening. Not exactly something you look forward to. At first I didn't think I needed to do this. I was worried it would be really embarrassing, but my friend said it's really important, it can prevent cancer. And my girlfriend said she'd come with me, so I thought, let's, let's do, do it. it. When I got there, I was nervous, but the nurse was really nice. She does these tests all the time. I had to take my jeans and pants off and lay down on the bed with my knees up and my legs open. The nurse put something called a speculum into my vagina to help her see the cervix and used a small soft brush to take the sample. I thought it might hurt, but actually it was only a bit uncomfortable. That's it, all done. Are you okay? It was all over in a few minutes and then I went back to work. They'll send me a letter with the results. And if they do find abnormal cells, they can be treated to stop cervical cancer from developing in the first place, which is definitely worth it. I'm not scared of it now. So I'll do it again in three years and won't even worry about it. If you're not sure that you need to, just think. If, if you've, you've got, got a cervix, cervix then, then cervical screening, screening is for you. It saves lives.
A recent survey by Joe Cervical Cancer Trust showed that embarrassment over body shape stopped just over a third of women attending their screening appointment, whilst a quarter said that as they were healthy, there was no need to attend, and more than a third didn't believe that screening could reduce their risk of getting cancer. Other reasons given in the survey for non-attendance included the following reasons. They were concerned whether they smelt normal. They wouldn't attend if they hadn't shaved or waxed their bikini area. They wouldn't go if they had to take time off work. And 16% said they wouldn't go if it meant missing the gym. A quarter of those interviewed also said it was too hard to make an appointment. Lack of awareness of cervical cancer and its prevention is lower in women from black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds and they may have different perceptions and barriers that stop them from getting tested. In certain communities, the perception is that only women who sleep around will get cervical cancer and if you've only been with your husband and are healthy, you can't get the disease. There is also lower health literacy in those populations and this leads to a lack of understanding of the importance of screening. On the video now is a list of frequent non-attenders, and these are the women that you need to target when you do your campaign. You and your team can play an important role in educating your customers about cervical cancer and screening, and by understanding the barriers and who the non-attendants are, you can help to encourage women to attend their screening appointment. The easiest and simplest way to start the conversation is to use your healthy living zone, but you could also put teal coloured ribbons around your pharmacy and when customers ask you why you have the ribbons everywhere, it will give you an opportunity to start the conversation. One area we haven't looked at so far is the cervical cancer vaccination and you could do a display explaining the role HPV plays in cervical cancer and the importance of getting girls vaccinated. The vaccination is available free from the NHS for girls aged between 12 and 18 and protects against four different types of HPV, including HPV 16 and 18, the ones responsible for cervical cancer. Having the vaccine does significantly reduce the risk although it does not guarantee they will not develop cancer and therefore they should attend cervical screening tests. This is something you can ensure people are aware of. In addition to girls having the vaccination, the government have announced that from autumn 2019, boys aged 12 to 13 in England will also be offered it, as not only will it help reduce the number of cervical cancers in women through herd immunity, but will also reduce the risks of the boys developing oral, throat and anal cancers. So what other displays can you do to start the conversation? Could you support the hashtag smear for smear campaign, which will be running again in January to support Cervical Cancer Awareness Week, which is the 21st to the 27th of January? Could you take pictures of your team, both women and men, with smeared lipstick and build a display on your healthy living zone? Could you build a display illustrating cervical cancer warning symptoms and ask women have they had any of them? Or could you do a display of myths and facts using the reasons why women aren't attending? 
I have put a selection on the screen, but you could make your own up. Finally, ensure you get leaflets in different languages if England is not your customer's first language, or leaflets that are suitable for people with learning difficulties, as both of these populations have a low uptake of screening. On this page are the organisations that produce some great resources for you to download or order to help you with your displays. Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust has a large selection of posters and leaflets, whilst the government websites have some good information leaflets, some of which are in different languages. The links are on the right-hand side of the screen on the Resources tab. We have now come to the end of this training, and I would like to take this opportunity to thank Cancer Research UK for all their help and support in making this video. I hope you and your team have found this training interesting and now have a better understanding of the importance of cervical cancer screening and the role that you can play in highlighting this to your family, friends and customers. If you want to view the online training, have access to both your certificate and the resources tab, please log on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. We would also like to use this opportunity to ask you to encourage the rest of your colleagues to view the video.